Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. Today, maybe you need to be reminded of why as a youth pastor, you have the best job in the world. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you fast track the growth and health of your youth ministry. This podcast, this show is the coach for the coachless in youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola. This is Kristen Lascola. And today we are going to talk about why your job, not mine, but why your job is the (laughs) best in the world. Yeah, that's a big statement. And, (laughs) you know, but I truly believe that. And I think sometimes as youth pastors, we can start to psych ourselves out a little bit. And especially around this season, I know I'm in the thick of camp planning Mm. and every little detail and phone call and text message and contract is like giving me anxiety and I just want to get on the road so we can just (laughs) get this thing done. I love camp, but it's a lot of work when you're the one in charge. And I think those are certain moments where a parent complains or a student complains, or you forgot a certain permission slip, or, you know, like you have to redo something you've already done. And it just seems like nothing's going right. You can start to think like, what I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like a lot of moving pieces to get to camp. Yeah. And there are parts and not just camp. So on a broader scale, sometimes we can just look at the details of our job and think, I have a really hard job. Why do I do this? I don't want to do this anymore. And like, maybe like me, you fantasized at times about, I wonder what it'd be like just to be like a regular, like nine to five five. kind of Clock out, not care about your job once you left. Yeah. And like not so much of your heart invested in it. I think that's the hard thing about youth ministry that exhausts us over time is that it is very personal and it's not just a job. Like you kind of have to care about it you know, more than just like, well, I did my job now back to my life. Like where does (laughs) one end and one begin? And so there can just be moments where I've heard um, really amazing pastors say that they fantasize about that. Like just to be kind of an unknown Joe Schmo working a nine to five job and like nobody cares what you do on the weekends and nobody Like you don't go home like with this burden of like the people at work, you know, like, I mean, everyone has that to an extent, but it's just different. And so if you're kind of in that mode right now of thinking like, what did I sign up for? This job is hard. I don't know if I can keep going. I just want to encourage you with some of the thoughts that I think to keep me going that remind me, wait a minute, those thoughts I think are probably an attack from the enemy because Mm. truth be told, we really have the best job in the world. And (laughs) I would argue to say the most important job in the world. Like 
no offense to anyone else doing other jobs, but those people aren't listening to this podcast. So who cares? <laughs> I really think we have the most important job in the world. So I have just six random thoughts of if you're in that stage, I hope to kind of grab you by the hand, maybe pull you out of that slump of just like the self-pity. Yeah. The little encouragement episode. Yeah. So number one, we are the truth tellers. And I mean truth with a capital T. We are the people who tell the truth. And it's it's the only message. The message that we tell week in and week out is the only message in the world that really matters. Hmm. So teachers, God bless them. They're amazing people. I subbed for a little bit and I was like, dang, these people need to all be paid at least six figures because this is a hard job. Um, But those things that a teacher teaches will, I mean, they'll teach you some life skills, character lessons, if they're one of those really great kind of teachers. But by and large, they teach you skills for this life. Most jobs are like that. They're something to help you in this life. Comfort for here and now. Yeah, whether it's, you know, something head knowledge or something tangible it's for this life but with so many different truths out there right now i feel like there's just this big like deconstruction trend going on like on tiktok where people are saying i used to be a christian or uh there's a lot of ex-mormon ones i don't Mm. know if that's just in my feed or what but there's like these people saying Hey, here's the faith I grew up with and now I'm deconstructing it as an adult. And here's why I'm so happy and I'm so free. And the way they present this information to anybody, not just to young people, it's like, whoa, like that seems like you're, you're the happiest, you're living your best life. You know, you're finally free from this burden of religiosity that was just taking away your freedoms and now look at you and you are just more woke you know and liberated from that liberated and you are your best self and all this stuff and it's this message that is very beautifully done to be honest you know it's not like these bitter angry people they're just like hey we're doing great and you know like truth be told though i feel like a lot of people at any given point in their lives if you say how are you doing right now a lot of them great good yeah the best i've ever been and and it made me know some stuff in their that's going on in their life. It's like, really? Are you? This is the best it's ever well, you, been. And I mean, especially social media. You're going to present oh, that. Oh, totally. You're presenting. But and it's, I feel like it's kind of convincing yourself, too, of the decisions sure. that you've made. Right. And you kind of want the approval of everyone to say, because otherwise, why put on social media? If you're just <laughs> so happy with the decision you've yeah. made to walk away with the church, what does the rest of the world care? Unless you're thinking like, Hey, you can too. I want you to know you don't have to be stuck in this awful whatever. But all that to say, they're not telling the truth. Like Mm. they're telling their truth that, hey, supposedly you're happier now, whatever. Maybe you didn't quite understand who Jesus was or what the gospel was all about, but you're not telling the truth. And I feel like whether you turn on the TV and watch the news or social media or just trying to even do your own research about some topic like what is true like it's impossible to tell and there's disagreements everywhere and i just feel this sacred task of like in a world full of confusion and liars and people that tell half truths or things they think are true but really aren't we are charged with telling 
the only truth. Yeah. The only thing we can know for sure. And the only truth that really matters is who Jesus is, what he did and who that makes us in relation to that. And we get to tell that every single week in a world that is so confused. We have this like sacred duty. So if you're feeling exhausted by, I have an all nighter coming up and camp permission slips are up to my ears are driving me crazy. Just stay narrowly focused on, but wait a minute, I'm the truth teller. All this other stuff I have to do, but I can't throw in the towel because I am the truth teller. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's a huge weighted responsibility. Like I think sometimes we think as youth pastors, like don't make too much of yourself, but don't make too little of yourself. And it's not of yourself, but it's of what you're charged to do. Like you're carrying the truth for all humanity. And I, I don't see that as like a pressure thing, a burden thing. I see it as like, whoa, I get to like, what an honor. Like, why did he choose me? Okay, I'll do it, you know, and it's not easy. And I think that's why we feel that heaviness. It's not easy, but it's the most sacred task I feel like we could possibly do. Yeah. And you have an enemy that's looking to prevent that, which, you know, most people probably don't have that in their jobs that there's like this other spiritual element of I'm going to try and take you down, take you down. Right. And we've seen it. We see ministry people fall and I mean, all kinds of Christians fall, but when a pastor falls, it's public, it's hurtful. When a private individual, his or her circle of pain is very small. It's like your family, mm-hmm. some friends, you know, but when we fall, I mean, we let down the entire church, right. every Christian who's ever yeah. heard of us, you know, people get so bent because of that. So we have like this extra spotlight on us and, you know, that's a, a really sobering thought, like to give caution to like, we're not just anybody. <laughs> um, and the enemy would love to do that right. to like make us look like fools, make the church look ridiculous. See what's the difference between them right. and the world. And so walk carefully, but yeah. So number two, we care for the only thing in this entire world that will last forever. And that's people because people are the only ones that have souls and souls last forever. See the logic there, but that is a huge task too, is like you think of, okay, I could do another job and I might like it. I've known a lot of people who've left ministry for other jobs Mm. and loved it. And they're like making a lot more money and they, you know, are having a great (laughs) life. They, they love it. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it's not that that they're leaving ministry. It's that they're leaving paid vocational. Yeah. 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 All Christians are in ministry. It's the priesthood of all believers. I, yeah, (laughs) 100%. Yeah, working, being employed by a church. Right. Getting, um, getting paid less for your ministry. <laughs> Let's call it there that. There you go. <laughs> but when I think about it, I think, man, okay, so my job is to care for people. And that is, what is the number one thing that's most important to Jesus? It's people. So I get, when he says, feed my sheep, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like caring for what's most important to him, his most valuable possession, his most prized, passionate possession is people. And we care for that's like, like other than telling the truth, that's part of ministry. We teach, we tell the truth of the gospel, but then we care for those 
people. And, you know, no matter what you do in this world, and I think that's why Jesus is so clear that the greatest two commandments are to love God and love others because everything else won't last. So Mm -hmm. what does it matter if you love this, love that, took care of a farm, took care of this? Like, yeah, you did your job and there's something to be said for that. Like he says, whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Do it as unto the Lord. It doesn't mean all other jobs are pointless, but it does mean, man, there's this extra thing of like, I'm caring for his most prized possession. Mm -hmm. And to me, that gives me motivation. Like, I, I got to keep going. I have to keep doing this. Mm-hmm. It's people are on the line. Souls are on the line. And a lot of times, like if we talk about numbers and I've, you know, found myself feeling like this from time to time is like talking about numbers feels so like, ugh, who even cares? But then like <laughs> sometimes pastors have put it in perspective for me of saying, well, every single number is a soul. Yeah. Like that's a real soul. That's an eternal being. So it does matter. Now it, I mean, is 500 more important than five? No, but when they put it in that perspective of like, that's a soul, that's a real eternal being. It's like, dang, okay, you're you're right. It's not just a number. That number represents something eternal, which, yeah. But there is a uh, graph that shows number of students going to camp equals greater likelihood of posting that number on social media. (laughs) I'd like for you to pray for my 10,000 students going to summer camp. I can't commit to that kind of prayer. That's too big. (laughs) I will pray for your five students. I'm not praying for 10,000. No way. Each by name? Yeah, exactly. Give me a list. I want to know who these people are. God knows all of them. Can I just say those people, those students, (laughs) we all have that little pride. It's never going to go away. Right. Remember pastors are insecure. We're all insecure, but I feel like pastors wrap up their identity and their job like more than certain like (laughs) occupations. You know what I mean? Um, okay. We get to number three, we get to fulfill the direct request of Jesus. So I already mentioned it before when he tells Peter, do you love me? Well then feed my sheep. So this is evidence of our love for God. He says specifically to Peter, well, your love for me will be shown in how you care for what I love and what I love is them. So feed them, care for them. And we see Jesus's heart for his followers, for his church and wanting someone to tend to that while mm-hmm. he's gone. And we're the tenders of that. That's what a pastor is. It's a shepherd. It's someone to care for and walk alongside people to do life with people. Mm-hmm. And we draw from this well that is sometimes deep and sometimes not so deep, depending on where we're at in our own personal capacity. But that's a task that Jesus, you know, before he left told his disciples along with the great commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we get to do as a job is fulfill those final words of Jesus before he ascended to say, I charge you with these tasks. Right. And the cool part is, like you were saying, Christians all over the place do this kind of thing. It doesn't mean you're, if you're not a youth pastor, you're not doing it. But again, how cool. And like, sometimes it blows my mind. Like I'm paid to do this. <laughs> like, I'm going to do it anyways. Might as well get paid. <laughs> like for that to be someone's job, I'm I don't know what Christians like 2 or 300 years would think about like 
yeah, my full-time job is I do this for 11, 12 and 13 year olds. They'd be like, that's your job. Like what on (laughs) anyways, but it's, it kind of blows my mind to think this is what I would be doing anyways. And someone is going to pay me to wake up thinking about how I can get junior hires to love God, know God, love each other, be in community, feel cared for, to be walked alongside. Like, I mean, and to play dodgeball and to play dodgeball, which (laughs) actually brings me to number four. We get to have so much fun. Yeah. Like sometimes I complain like, okay, off the record, Camp is hard for me. I know we did the whole episode on how to make camp more enjoyable because camp is hard for me. Like I'm not a camping person. What? I know. No. Are you shocked? I'm very <laughs> wild. I love the outdoors. I really do. I love the outdoors, but here's what I want to happen at the end of that whole day to go inside. Yes. I want to hang out with the kids. I want to raft. I want to play in the water. I want to hike. I want to be out in the beautiful creation. Then I want to go back to the resort and I want to be in my room resort. by room by myself <laughs> and eat some delicious food, get a good night's sleep and do it all over again. It's the, it's the all it's the 24 seven. That's hard for yeah. me. So it's not that I don't love camp. It's not that I don't love the outdoors. It's the 24 seven of no escape and being on that long. That's mm-hmm. hard for me. I do it and I'm going to do it. I'll be fine. But regardless of my preferences, truth be told, we really do get to have a lot of fun. Like, um, hi, my job on Thursday is going to the beach for four hours (laughs) and hanging out with kids and taking them to get ice cream and, (laughs) you know, chatting with people I'm on the clock and then, Oh, I'm getting paid to go on a week long whitewater rafting trip in the beautiful California mountains and forests, like pretty epic. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have to pay. I'm going on a white water. I'm getting paid. Like (laughs) that's pretty awesome. And then just the pure fun of, I mean, what youth pastor doesn't like games. If you don't like games, guys, come on, work that muscle, learn to like (laughs) games because they're the best. I mean, I can't tell you how much fun I have just playing Foursquare in my room with my kids or a game of anomia or spoons or whatever it might be. Like I just love playing and having fun with kids and we get to do cool events and we get paid to go play laser tag and do all this <laughs> stuff. And we call it ministry because yeah. it is because it's forming relationships and bonds and all that. But our job really is fun. Is it fun all the time? No, because you know, like I always say leadership isn't fun, but there's parts of our job that, you know, we can make as fun as we want. Yeah. Like there's a whole big play aspect to what we do that I think sometimes we take for granted. And there has been certain seasons in my ministry where I've seen those things as a burden, Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to play laser tag. I don't want (laughs) to go bowling. I don't want to go on an all nighter. I don't want to go to the beach. I don't want to go to, you know, and I'd be like whiny about it. But then I just like stopped and thought, I'm like, wait a minute, I could be stuck in a job like inputting data or something. And I'm out here at the beach with people like what is so bad about that? Like, right. you know, snap but it just out goes of to it. show that any job has you, you'll find the parts of it that you don't like yeah. or, or that'll wear a rut and that and you actually you have the opportunity to get out of that rut, which a lot of other jobs don't have that. Sure. It's like, well, you're you're here Monday through Friday and you're still going to be doing the same thing, whereas you and we've talked about this, I think, in a previous episode. But if you're like, hey, I don't like 
overnighters. Guess what? Don't do overnighters. Take a break from them for a year or two. Or well, okay. Five. So you're you're going down number six. Okay. Because I maybe we can just jump over five to six. <laughs> Does they don't know the order? It doesn't matter. It's just written on my paper. But so we're gonna go with number five. five. Wink, winky, wink. winky. Well. And that's what I was going to say. Another benefit to our job is the flexibility and creativity. Like nobody is, and I hope this isn't true at your church, but nobody is like, hey, you, you need to plan an overnighter. Why haven't you yet? It's like, do I feel like doing an overnighter? Nah, let's do this instead. Mm. You know, and there's the flexibility and creativity to even teach on what you want to. Like, what events do I want to do? What kind of camp do I want to do? What kind of... Uh, series is up next and how could I get creative with that? Like by and large, there's this whole, I've said by and large. It always twice. makes me think of, and you just ep- spit on me. I d- no, on the table. Oh, okay. You, um, it makes me think of, uh, Wally cause that company was called by and large. Oh, like the, like Costco I kind guess, of yeah. spinoff. <laughs> yeah. I, and to be honest, I can't remember the last time I said by and large, and I've said it twice on this episode. It's going to be your new thing. By and large? (laughs) What does that even mean? I had an art teacher in high school who always said at any rate, and she said it so much that it was like, I didn't hear anything that came before or after it, but it was just like me tallying how many times she would say at any rate, at any rate, (laughs) at any rate. rate." (laughs) Your dad always goes. Whatever. Whatever. When it's time to move on. Okay. So I won't say by and large anymore. Yeah, That's getting awkward. I don't want to say that. I don't want that to be what, pe- like me. I don't want that to be a me <laughs> thing, you know? Um, I say um a lot. Yeah. And I say, you know, yeah, a lot. And like. And like. <laughs> so the, the flexibility and creativity yeah. is great because you can do your ministry and design it and redesign it when it gets stale and then redesign it and tweak and do whatever. Try something new, get rid of something old. Totally. And yeah. and you're if you're doing that data entry, you're not getting that same flexibility. No, I mean, you're going to do it the way somebody else wants you to do it. And there's no varying. But I feel like sometimes we forget that we do have so much freedom and creativity. And like, I want to do an interesting worship night. I want to mm. do like there there would be no end to the possibilities of what you could do in your job. And just because you try something doesn't mean you have to keep doing it. I think sometimes we think like, well, I, I started this now it's here forever, but just get creative. And I love even the flexibility. And this is a lot is like post COVID too, of like, I do a lot at home and then Mm. I kind of like work out. Then I do my work and then I put a little laundry in and then I do my work and then I go water the plants and then I do my work and then I can like flip flop back and forth. It's like, I don't have to, as clock long as I get my work done for whatever I set the pace. Nobody's telling me, yeah. where are you? You should be in the office doing the same exact thing. Yeah, you the, know? the flip side of that though, is the, like they, you know, lawyers can bill billable hours can be, it's like, well, if I'm thinking about your case, that's theoretically a billable hour. And for youth ministry, um, that may not be true whatsoever. I heard it in a movie, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but in youth ministry though, it's like, if you were to clock in mentally, it's a lot of hours. It is. I'm not, yeah, we do work a lot of hours, but I feel like they're very flexible. Like I don't, 
I'm not sitting at a desk for 40 hours a week. I'm just doing all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's very, there's a lot of different elements to it that can keep it interesting. Mm. So that, and then also, and we've kind of already mentioned this in terms of we're the truth tellers, but we get paid to study and teach the Bible. And so every Christian should be studying the Bible, but those hours that you're putting in, to study it so that you can teach it, you're getting paid for that. Mm -hmm. Like you study God's word and that is part of your job, which is great. And I think sometimes I've heard pastors feel really guilty and say, well, the only reason I study the Bible is so that I can teach it, you know, Mm. but I'm like, if you're studying it, you're studying it. You're still getting something <laughs> from it. You know, it's not like you could, because I don't know where one ends and one begins. I'll sit down to study the Bible. And as a pastor, my brain immediately goes to sermon. I know exactly what I could say or communicate or, ooh, I want to pull this out. And dang, that's a good thought. What if I ran with that? I can't help it. Mm-hmm. So studying and for myself and studying for my teaching is the same thing because what do we teach out of what we're passionate about Mm -hmm. what god's teaching us so we can't separate oh this is the personal box this is the ministry study box it's like (laughs) no be passionate about god's word and then let your teaching flow from that and it's okay that that overlaps i mean if you want to go down a hypothetical rabbit trail say but would i be studying it if i wasn't teaching it i don't know answer that question when you come to that when you're not a pastor anymore but i think that's totally fine and i love that my job forces me to stay in the word it's an accountability thing too Mm. i have to know the bible really well whereas maybe if i did something else i would be not as passionate about god's word i So my job is to get others to be as passionate about it as I am to show them this is what God's teaching me and get them excited for it. I mean, that's huge. You you know this statistic, I think, but the percentage of what you learn when you hear it and then the percentage of what you know or what you learn when you are teaching it, isn't Mm. it? Almost like yeah. One is if I'm if I'm hearing it, I learn like ten percent of it. But if I'm teaching it, I remember ninety oh, yeah. percent of it. There's so much I've learned about the Bible simply because I do have to teach it. So you like get deep in and there. You remember it and it you sticks remember, with you. Yeah, I mean, and little by little, like you figure we teach every weekend, and then probably during the midweek and all of that, it's like that adds up to right. some Bible so knowledge. Add that number seven, you get paid to study the bible which is like i said that to study the bible yes you get paid to study and teach the bible it's like exactly See, so you said it and i only got 10 percent of what you said but if i were to teach that i would remember 90 percent <laughs> is that literally just, what the point we get paid to study yeah, and teach the there bible it is. there it is but it won't be there when i edit it out um was that your last point or did we get to the end? I don't know. Really that know. was, yeah. Okay, that was and number six. And you know six. what? I don't know if this sounds bad to say, but you know, like how I was saying, we do exactly what Jesus asked us to do. You know where he says, when you love the least of these, mm-hmm. or um, sometimes I feel like junior hires are the least of these <laughs> because people- For the general congregation, yeah, they would probably well, say Well, for so. the general world, like people <laughs> don't like that age group and- a lot of times people just don't like kids in general. Like I feel like sometimes like you get a group that's like, Oh, I love little kids, you know, but very rarely do I hear someone go, Oh, 
my gosh, I love junior hires. Like <laughs> just you. Once in a while, I feel like that happens. But if that is the least of these and people regard them as like, ugh, you know, like <laughs> they're so disrespectful. They're right. so annoying. They're so weird. They're so this. But we can dedicate our lives to that age group. I'm like, dang. That's loving the least of these. That's what Jesus said to do. No offense if you're a junior hire. <laughs> There's probably Dude. not any junior hires watching or listening to this. No, Maybe. They're not. But you know I love you if you are. Just saying. Well, our question of the day this week actually ties in directly to this episode. Normally, they're just totally random. But this would be if your younger version of yourself had chosen your career for you, what would you be right now? I mean, I guess it depends how young you're talking. Well, is oh, this like the first ever recollection you have of this is what I want to be when I grow up? Probably whatever is the funniest. <laughs> okay. Well, I have two. I'll just tell you one. I wanted... So when we first moved to California, I lived in Maryland when I was really, really little. My dad got a job in California and there was this restaurant. It was a fast food place called Carl's Jr. And I know they're not nationwide. I think Hardee's, Hardee's yeah. is the same thing. So why not call them the same thing? I have no idea. But there was a fast food place called, called Carl's Jr. And it was right by our new house. And it blew my mind <laughs> because there was this thing on the menu called a Fiesta potato. And it was a baked potato that was like like kind of made into a taco almost like okay. the beef and the salsa and the cheese and sour cream. And they were the best thing I'd ever eaten in my life. And I told my cousins and I told my <laughs> parents, I'm going to work at Carl's Jr. One day because that's where I wanted to spend all my free time was at Carl's Jr. I wanted to just go there. And so whenever my mom would take us there, I just felt like this is the going to be the greatest day. And I would tell them. So when my cousins would come to visit, they lived in Oklahoma. They would come out to visit. We would take them to Carl's Jr. <laughs> and I would always we tell them. We want to show you around Crystal's future <laughs> place of employment. This is where I want to work. So every year they'd come out, I'd get older. And finally, I didn't really want to work there anymore. And they would just every year ask, do you still want to work at Carl's Jr.? <laughs> do you still want to work at Carl's Jr.? Yes, I do. But no, because they got rid of the Fiesta potato. It's not on the menu and it hasn't been for many years. I bet you nobody Fiesta even potato. knows what I'm talking about. So. Oh, the party potato? Heck yeah, I do. <laughs> it was delicious. My sister, I think, actually chose this for me, but then it just got into my brain as, yeah, that's what I'm going to be. She, when I was very young, said that I was going to grow up and be the guy who holds the balloons at the circus. <laughs> and I don't think I've ever even been to a circus, but I grew up thinking, okay, I could do that. So for a long time, that was what I was aiming to to be wow high aspirations she she really carved a path for you she saw a gift in you and she wanted to be an airplane sorter which we haven't quite figured out yet what that means but i consider that to be air traffic control but oh maybe like you're telling one plane come this way one yeah plane come that way whoa i think that is what it was she's not that <laughs> But she could Her have husband's been. a pilot. I mean, Maybe because she tried to get into school and be an airplane sorter. And they're like, that's not a, that's not a, a major you can I have. I give up that. Then I'll just choose I to be a dental hygienist instead. <laughs> hey, we have one more thing we want to do. Maybe this will become a regular thing. Maybe this will be the one and only time we do it. But we would like to recognize some of you, our community. And we're going to read a review 
that we've gotten on Apple Podcasts. So if you guys would be so kind to leave us a review, there is going to be a solid chance that we may read it here on the podcast and the YouTube channel. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, please do so. And if you haven't already subscribed and push that notification bell on YouTube, we would really appreciate it. And that way you'd be up to date with every new video that comes out, every new podcast. So today's for the first ever review, and this again is on Apple Podcast. This is from Kahuna Ben, who says, Kristen Lascola is a wealth of information. This podcast is a must-have for anyone involved in youth ministry. Blown away. Ah! Sorry, we blew you away. Thank you, Kahuna, Kahuna ben. ben. I noticed you didn't mention anything about me. I'm okay with that, but I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> we all know I push buttons, and that's about it. No, thank you, You're Ben. I really valuable. appreciate that. I am. Yes, thank you, to Ben. Some people. We love that. Words of affirmation are my love language. This, this I didn't know are. if I want to say is my love language or are my love language. Words <laughs> of affirmation. W- because you're saying words. So once you say are my love language, but it seems. Words of, affirm- words of affirmation are my love language. But words people are. see it as words of affirmation is a thing. Anyways. You be the judge. Put it in the comments <laughs> below. No, actually put it in the comments below what career you would yeah. have if your younger self had chosen it for you. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. And please leave a review. We would love to hear from you. Talk to you next time. Talk to you <laughs> next time. 